Oh, now here's the intro you listen to in your car when you're driving home late at night wondering what Chats is gonna do now. You know we put this stuff on YouTube. We gotta get all the good views, the good news, the rude dudes. It's all a vibe, and maybe we wanna monetize. We gotta break even someday, one day. Okay, we releasing this one on Sunday. Okay, and maybe playing the songs by an artist that we both love is dicey to say the least. Too spicy, can't take the heat like hot ones. Let's take a seat. And y'all really thought an Arab kid couldn't rap, huh? Well, you're right. I'm doing my best here and it's tight, okay? But anyways, with this beat, royalty free. Got no queens or kings or things to give us strikes on copyright. All right, now I'm done introducing the show. You heard enough of my flow. I gotta get up and go, but please enjoy it. All right. John, I'm sorry in advance that you have to hear this one live on the episode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Chats in a Pickle, the show where we don't talk about pop culture and television or film because there is the WGA and SAG strike. And we're here to just hang out and talk about other things that are not struck work. Hi, I'm Alan Ibrahim, your stalwart pickle master this week. And I'm joined as always by the pickle eater himself, Magellan. Mmm, boy, that sure is good. I'm glad we got some of these, just like everybody wanted us to. Mm, 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 wow, I could eat yum. these all night. Yummy. Salty. Yeah. Comments on the last week last week's hot ones episode included you should have <laughs> you should have dipped a pickle in hot sauce and where are the pickles? So I I I, I already was on the verge of collapse. <laughs> that that <laughs> would have been dangerous. I was going to spew oat milk all over the place. Sorry for people who are not expecting me to use the word spew in the first two minutes of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get demonetized. <laughs> I know. Anyway, but uh, that was a fun little premiere to this this season we're doing here. By the way, if folks are not familiar, it's called Chats in a Pickle because our recommendations at the end of every episode, as has been the case since 2018, right? Yes. That's when we started Chatsums, are named after the Velasic Snackum Pickle, the small little tiny snackable pickle. So... You know, we're in a pickle because it's a tricky situation, where, but also we're doing kind of recommendational pickles. Anyway, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we're going to eat pickles. No, but maybe, we could. Maybe one of these episodes we could. I like maybe pickles, but I'm not here to I love like them. I keep, I'm not keeping pickles stocked in my house 24-7. I'm just not doing I'm not. I don't live that kind of life. I am, but I don't want to walk to the fridge right now. That's my <laughs> thing. King. Um, <laughs> what I do want to do is talk to you about my pickle this week. Magellan. Okay. Uh, so we set out our rules for each other. No struck work and no more than two hours of prep time. So mm-hmm. I was looking at um, music stuff because back on our Patreon, patreon.com slash chatspod, we have covered entire discographies of two artists before. We've done Metric, my favorite band, and Bare Naked Ladies, Magellan's favorite band. And I figured let's do another discography, but one that's a little shorter uh, and dropped upon us like a freaking miracle from the heavens on August 11th, 2023 was No Name's new album sundial and that album itself is about 30 minutes long so i said let's just knock out the whole discography and talk about a rapper that means a lot to both of us right and we can talk about our history with her and the Uh changes between the three albums that we're talking about tonight um so those include 2018's or sorry 2016's telephone 2018's room 25 and 2023's sundial by no name um Magellan, I gotta come out the, the gate first because I believe you were the known you were the first no name fan in the chats community. Can you tell me about your history with her? Uh, it's gotta be the case that I first heard no name on Acid Rap in 2013. 
which was Chance the Rapper's second mixtape. Um, just turned 10, it, by the way. It just turned 10, yeah. Um, I saw an ad on like a a digital screen next to Barclays Center that was like, Acid Rap is 10 years old. And I was like, leave me alone. I don't I need don't... to be confronted by that in a public place. Um, I saw the same ad here in Boston. I think it was like they did like some show. I don't know where. Okay. It's okay. some perform, but I, yeah, I saw that as well. Um, but yeah, she she featured on the song "Lost" on Acid Rap, which is a great song, great feature. And then uh, I must have been aware of Telephone, uh, the first project that we talk that we're going to talk about tonight, when it came out in 2016. And you know, I'm not sure of exactly the avenue by which I encountered Telephone, whether it was like on Twitter or Spotify was like, "Hey, this is out. You should listen to it." or whatever but i that's how i encountered no name and uh listened to telephone i think in 2016 and i was a huge fan of that album um it's been like in heavy rotation for me since then for the last seven years um yeah so i'm a a big fan of no name and her style and her work and i'm excited to talk about um all three of of the projects we're talking about tonight what about you what's your history with no name uh sing here definitely heard her on lost initially um i had the pleasure of seeing no name live in 2019 uh one of her last i think that was her last tour actually uh it was the first concert that i went to alone it was kind of a weird experience because she is a very singular artist something that we'll talk about she has a very clear like point of view and been political stance um, that has evolved through her discography, but uh, I remember really liking that show and not feeling bad that I was seeing it like solo and just being like, "Damn, this is great! I'm vibing, I'm having a good time." That was the Room Twenty Five tour, um, and then she went on hiatus, and I was really bummed. So I kept up with her social media and the No Name Book Club. I've been a patron of the No Name Book Club for a few years now. Uh, that is her project, aiming to uh, basically donate books to incarcerated people and also engage in a book club with them and with her community uh reading books primarily by uh poc writers and from all different walks of life uh focusing on like leftist politics and stuff so the no name book club has been my way of engaging with uh no names work since room 25 uh but i freaking loved that album when it came out and the minute this dropped i was like i'm we gotta cover this i gotta talk about this i'm so excited um and i have a lot of thoughts about it Um, But first, let's roll the tape all the way back to the year 2016. Uh, And we're going to talk about Telephone first. Uh, Back when No Name was still using the stage name No Name Gypsy, I believe, which, you know, that word is a slur now. We know that. But that was the term she was going by, I guess, transitioning from poetry to music. Um, And I think you definitely get the sense uh, from No Name's work, especially early on, that she came from the world of poetry, right? Like, Telephone is a very uh, poetic album with like a lot of great vibes and jazzy influences and consciousness and this sort of like neo soul energy. Um, But it is like lyrically kind of everywhere. Um, You mentioned actually that you would play this song for like your students or you still do. Is that the case still? Um, Yeah. First of all, I have to I checked my albums listen to record. Uh, that I keep, and I did not listen to this in 2016. I was late to the telephone party, so I can't claim that I was on it. I first listened to it in February of 2017. So okay, oh, um, not too late. I gotta, I gotta kind of rewind some of my my memory there. Um, yeah, this is an album. There are like two albums that I will 
I keep calling it, it's technically a mixtape, I guess, but yes. th- that distinction feels meaningless to me. And it feels, it's blurrier and blurrier every day. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to call it an album because that's mm-hmm. basically what it is. Um, this is one of two albums that I'll like go to if I need to put something on that like holds a good vibe and like everybody can enjoy it um at school like if i'm playing music in the hallway or uh in class when we're trying to work on something or you know stuff like that it's either telephone or it's boys and girls by alabama shakes those are like the two albums that never fail to hit exactly the thing that i'm trying to do um so yeah uh yeah and so what what do you like about Telephone, I guess? What makes it a good album for that vibe? And, like, what does it make it stick out for you early on? Besides, obviously, you're also somebody who enjoys, like, I guess, poetic poetry and, mm-hmm. like, poetic lyricism. So I'm sure that was a big part of it, too. Yeah, I think um, this hits a lot of things that I tend to enjoy in music. I think it's got a sort of mellow quality to it. I think that this album is melancholy but with a kind of hopeful spin or hopeful moments um the lyrics are pretty dense something that really struck me especially the second time that i listened to telephone for this was the beats are like mid-tempo or kind of slow but no names rapping is always pretty fast like she's always moving at double time of how the beat is moving and it creates this effect where like uh she's adding a lot to the kind of sonic space uh with her voice and adding a lot of melodic moves or like switching up her cadence and creating all these different moments that are kind of memorable moments in their own right there's a high density of them uh even just musically and then you listen to the lyrics and lyrically there's a lot of great images and and poetry really um you know being spun here And so it's an album that allows you to engage with it at the level that you need to in that moment. If you just need to kind of exist in the groove and the vibe of it, it does that for you. If you're there to ruminate on it and think about it, there's depth to to go into. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I really love it for for that reason. Yeah, my favorite song on this album, I want to ask you yours, but my favorite song, and I think it's the most indicative of what I like about Telephone, is Forever. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's because it has so much, there's so many creative choices in the beat, like so many different instruments and sounds and plinks and plunks. And like you said, it never, it never goes too fast. Like, uh, I've been trying, and this is like part of why I picked No Name for this episode, I'm trying to get better at like, specific music criticism not just technical Mm -hmm. stuff but like how things feel and one of my big inspirations for learning this stuff has been the uh youtube critic mera m-e-r-a she does a lot Mm -hmm. of k-pop critique and i've been watching her stuff for a long time and she has really nailed the way you describe music without being technical and just being emotional um Mm -hmm. and so like big shout outs to her in like some of my notes especially about telephone are like that uh specifically like in trying to pinpoint the vibe of telephone what i wrote was this feels like college. This feels like your friend's bedroom. This feels like mm-hmm. kissing someone or smoking a blunt with someone. Like this is that mm-hmm. energy. It's just like things are a little rough. Things are weird, but I'm here. I'm focused and I'm in the moment. It's a very present album, which I love about it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think what I, I sort of landed on what I think this is the nexus of that, that I love about it, which is 
this is kind of like miseducation of lauren hill meets like uh like alt rap underground rap sort of vibe like it's a lauren hill meets mf doom sort of thing almost (laughs) um awesome combo (laughs) and it's interesting like you know no name is is naming that intersection a bit at the beginning of forever because at the beginning she says miss nina simone jimmy jones missy elliott musically they're my relatives never forget my andre like she's like i'm in this lineage of musicians who make you know like lauren hill or nina simone make very declarative kind of strong voiced music this is who i am here i am here's the message of it and i'm bringing into it um the vibe of somebody like andre 3000 who's like gonna come at it a little sideways or a little faster or in ways that are gonna surprise you um and lauren hill is my favorite rapper so i'm not saying that she doesn't do those things also but like miseducation as an album is it's very clear what the themes of it are and what it's trying to get across and i think what's interesting about telephone is it like aesthetically moves in ways that miseducation does but it's definitely a lot more imagistic it's a lot more of a puzzle um i think which is a rewarding thing to engage with as a as a listener yeah and you really do get the sense that like she spent a lot of college and her early 20s i guess uh doing poetry and like collaborating with other like chicago-based artists their name being from chicago born and raised uh mm-hmm. worked with like you know chance the rapper and smino who is on this album uh and saba and a lot of other people like coming to her work from poetry before rap music gives her a very unique style that honestly especially in telephone sounds like slam poetry with a beat behind it you know what i mean Mm. Mm -hmm. uh i think that's where her like distinct style comes from and i love that about it uh it's just so and this is like one of the other fun things about this project is like this is such an interesting album when you think about the trajectory of her career uh because a lot of like nice poets you know live in the city rap about the city rap about the culture end up getting more and more politically inclined over time right i think it was mm-hmm. like between telephone and room 25 that no name posted something on instagram about how like capitalism isn't necessarily a bad thing uh and she got so much flack for that that she looped all the way around and became a freaking leftist <laughs> which <laughs> is awesome uh <laughs> and so like you listen to telephone you're like this is somebody who like is obviously thinking about that stuff but isn't like rapping about it and Mm. you know there's this like separation between artist and art where like i don't know Mm. what no name's life is like or what she's into and what she does beyond the work that she puts out so if she doesn't rap about it i don't know what she's thinking you know i'm not personally friends with her and i think that's interesting like what you choose to cover in telephone is you know jealous boys and kids stealing 20s from their parents like little like jokey silly moments that are like kind of relatable but kind of fantastical uh mm-hmm. and but all feel very like i said warm and and familiar uh which i think right. is just such a, a unique choice and a smart choice for your first album like let me make something that people just enjoy and that is thought-provoking and because this was actually called by a lot of critics at the time like one of the more thought-provoking records of the year which is so interesting mm-hmm. again considering mm-hmm. where she goes um yeah did you did you mention your favorite song on this one? Um, I'm caught between two. I think one of them fits what we're discussing right now, so we can talk about it. I love the the first track, Yesterday. Um, I absolutely yeah. adore that song. And I think what, what Yesterday represents 
that's you know in line with what you're describing and and so great about telephone is the way that she's able to kind of present and hold conflicting ideas and like put both of them in front of you and like allow both of the things to be true because yesterday is this song that's about like it literally starts and i know uh and i know the money don't really make me whole the magazine covers drenched in gold the dreams of granny and mansion and happy the little things i need to save my soul like there's already in those first four lines this tension about well i know that money isn't everything but also it can bring about all of these things that i dream about i know Mm -hmm. that like rushing into my future is uh something that i would like to do like i have these ambitions and also i'm feeling really nostalgic her grandmother passed away uh which was part of what motivates some of the music in in um this album and there's a lot of rumination on like death and even that the title of yesterday is like take me back to yesterday mm-hmm. take me back to my childhood take me back to like you know my grandmother's house or or her arms or whatever it is that she's describing there and then she's also later in the song thinking about um how she's going to be remembered as an artist and like what that the yesterday of her is going to be and like trying to reflect on both of those things at the same time um is really thematically complex but it's something that she handles um i think really effectively it's deft in any if anything and i think yeah yesterday is a beautiful beautiful track and and i know a lot of people who have resonated with it if they've lost grandparents and even just like you know it's july 2016 like america's in a really weird complicated place i've been listening to podcasts from 2016 lately and the amount of like election talk is is ridiculous. Like even in things that have nothing to do with that, uh, it's it, it's cool that this album is not about that stuff. But it is about like I just don't want to be in the present right now. And things were a lot better for a little bit there. And I miss the love and community that I had. Uh, and I think two things exemplify, exemplify that. One is the fact that like the cover art is like a it's styled after like a children's drawing of no presumably no name or mm-hmm. a young a young girl. Uh, with a skull on its head, like a smiling skull face. Uh, right. Which is right. like, you know, death is on the mind. Death is on your, literally on your mind. But also, you know, there's a there's a nice color palette to it. It's a soft pink. It's like, I think that the, it's one of the best examples of like album art that nails the vibe of the album, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing, and this is like becomes a trend in all three of these albums, is that uh, Telephone is full of features which is really, really cool for somebody's first album. You don't see that very often because people kind of like, quote unquote, earn features usually. Um, mm-hmm. But No Name had been like in the community with poets, with other rappers for so long that like, um, like right. I'd say about half of the songs on this album have features on them, um, yeah. which is so cool. And it's great seeing names like Smino and like Saba and being like, oh, you're going to go on to like make another, your own really cool work. Like we are watching mm-hmm. the ground floor of a lot of very, very talented artists. Uh, yeah. And I think No Name in general has has always brought on other people so that her albums are not just her voice. It's like everybody else gets a chance to talk to, yeah, including some people that will come back later. This is the other fun thing about listening to all three of these in a day was like <laughs> hearing rappers on telephone that come back on the third album. And you're like, whoa, you're still around. Yeah. You're still doing stuff. That's so cool. Or, or like Aaron Allen Kane's voice across the two albums. Yeah, exactly. For the three, like, yeah, those two albums, yeah. Um, and because yeah, it's not just rappers. Also, it's not. She has a lot of like male rappers, but she also has male singers. She has female singers, female rappers. 
across the board, really cool, cool features, I'd say. Um, yeah. Was there also, this is my last question about Telephone before we can move on, like your favorite feature or favorite, like other person's verse on, uh, on um, Well, my other favorite song was Reality Check. Um, Ooh, and okay. I love... Aaron Allen Kane is a singer who I'm a big I'm a big fan of. Um, I may in yes. fact bring that back up at the end of the episode during the Chatsum segment potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little preview. Um, but she sings the hook on Reality Check, um, where she says, "Don't fear the light that dwells deep within. You're powerful beyond what you imagine. Just let your light glow." It's just a beautiful hook, and she sings it really well. Um, and then Akenya is on the outro of that song. Um, and both of them bring these lovely melodic elements to to that song um which is this like again you know in the first verse no name is reflecting on like opportunities coming my way and i'm i was like out for coffee when opportunity came knocking and (laughs) it's a pretty funny verse um uh what did she say jesus made an album i'm still waiting in the line for cream like just like (laughs) such a such a great sense of humor there um but then she's also in a later verse talking about you know well there's also this family stuff that was going on that made it difficult to create and so she's kind of holding both of those things and then the hook and the outro are these very affirming like answer the call do your thing be yourself and uh i think both of them sing it really beautifully so i I really like reality check for those features yeah Um, what about you did you have one i think it has to be shadow man for me um i love i love all of the uh the verses on on that last track uh because it's just a showcase for people's vocal range um it's not like exactly my favorite song lyrically it's just a kind of it's a wash over you track but uh mm-hmm. no name's got some great stuff preach church tabernacle tallahassee sunshine southern is my bloodline we know it'll come time mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god saba i fucking to go need to put out another <laughs> album to go yeah. we'll know it'll come time to go <sighs> yeah the the smino line uh, hey tippy toe on a tightrope that like lives in my mind rent free dice roll. yeah yeah <sighs> it's so, just so the flowing that's so fun i saw a review actually of one of these albums uh that said that like the thing about rap artists is it becomes a game when you have a career of how long until you start getting personal people really really love rap albums that are like hyper personal and specific to the the musician people like that for Mm -hmm. all music but like with rap because it's so storytelling e that there's a greater sort of weight Mm -hmm. given to like you're rapping about your life like when earl sweatshirt wrote about like coming back from you know his family situation it's like oh my god that's his best album when kendrick did you know that was yeah. it, Mr. Stepper. Was that last that latest one? Or even even to, uh, all of Mr. his Morale albums, honestly. The big steppers. Yeah, yeah. But all of his albums are like, how personal can I get? And uh-huh. I guess this is my real last point on this. I didn't think I'd have this many thoughts on telephone, but like the album manages to be personal and relatable without just like laying out everything about No Name's life. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Like, yeah. It leaves a little bit to the imagination that she starts to unravel more about like her points of view uh starting in literally the next record so it's really cool that she was able to to put this out um are you ready to move on um there's a couple other just random notes i just want to skim through um sure sunny duet the production on that song is amazing um there are these like vocal chops in the background that are so good and the way that voices are used as part of the instrumentation of this album overall is really beautiful Mm -hmm. um 
there's a line that no name has where she goes uh she's like summertime delight delight like just like little mississippi over ice janet jackson and flashing mm-hmm. lights flashing like lights the little melody and, like and flow to. there my um, vagabonds yeah. only wrote a celebrated haiku oh <laughs> yeah uh it's so good i love the way that the telephone metaphor comes up and means different things in different songs um right because in some songs it's just like the telephone that i call you on like in sunny duet and it's a sort of young love thing sometimes it's like in reality check the call when that call comes when opportunity comes for you like you need to answer it and then as the album goes on, it takes on the deeper meaning um, in Casket Pretty when she's talking about um, racial violence. And she says, I hope to God that my telly don't ring. So now also the telephone right. is taking on this sort of like ominous a thing that we're hoping to news we're hoping to not get. Um, yeah, that's where I get bad news. Yeah. From when the phone rings. And Casket Pretty, the production on that with the like the baby's voice in it um, as she's talking about too many babies in suits and it's fucking that's powerful stuff. So, yeah, yeah. and then she she makes multiple references to Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. She likes to use the phrase everything is everything is like a mantra that comes up in some of the later albums. So I just thought that was an interesting um, pattern as well. But those are my those are my notes. It's a wonderful album. We're not here yeah. to do any sort of ratings, but I think we we covered all the stuff that we liked about it primarily. It's it's got it's pretty it's almost a no skip for me. And yeah, I think it's basically a no skip because one it's I like think really it's short. A no skip, yeah. It's it's just that there it's not like these are all my favorite tracks of all time, but like it just flows really well and yeah. it builds and there's no like slower part. It just is consistently really really good. Um, this is I would safely recommend this to anybody. <laughs> anybody yeah um, you do you like music yeah. do you like the concept of music you should listen to telephone it's an amazing <laughs> album yeah uh so now they, the difficulty ramps up a little bit right it's two years later and the, the pressure's on knowing what are you gonna do You're, you know chance is doing his own thing you have to be your own artist now 100 percent. here comes room 25 and uh no name's been reading a little bit of theory uh and we're starting to get a little bit more political here uh not like exponentially so it's not like an album about radicalization but it comes up in almost every song like problems about like worries about police violence and worries Uh about about racial inequality and cultural differences and you know it's a it's a much more mature album i would say uh i Mm -hmm. said my first note was that it's just a lot sharper um i also think that she clearly made some deliberate choices to change the the flows a little bit they're not all slow here anymore i think my favorite example of that and we can talk more about it but it's montego bay which is such an <laughs> incredible song to see live by the way just because the way that she like runs through her lines is amazing uh-huh. uh and it's like double time right like what what happens when no name does a, a song at like double speed and uh-huh. how much cool how cool does that sound the answer is very very fucking cool um yeah this album hit me at the right t- right place right time definitely uh i was like listening to it over and over again i was memorizing lyrics i have a lot of these songs still in some of my playlists uh it it, i have to tell you from now this is my favorite no name album um even after listening to all three multiple times i'm still like yeah room 25 is just so much what i want out of her work he's like i'm figuring it out i got the features lyrically it's very strong and it's just so memorable so many like unforgettable lines on this Hmm. Are you uh, you're also room twenty five, Stan? I'm assuming. 
Um, yeah, I don't think it passes telephone for me just because I like adore telephone and listen to it all the time still. Um, but I think there are tracks on here that are like that blow you out of the water. And I do think, um, you know, <laughs> one of the best lines to me ever in all of music is still uh, on <laughs> self where she says, my pussy teach in ninth grade English. My pussy wrote a thesis on colonialism um, in conversation with a marginal system in love with Jesus. And y'all still thought a bee couldn't rap, huh? Like, God, that's so good. That's just like, I love Self because it has similar production to um, Telephone, but she's making this statement of like, okay, here's the style that you know me for, but now I'm going to start doing this sort of a thing. So get ready because here we go. And then she takes you on a ride. So I really, I really like Room 25 a lot. And, um, I think it's a great project. Um, it's not as like, I don't have as much personal affection for it necessarily, but that yeah. isn't a commentary on whether it's better or worse or, or what. It, I think it was personal for me just because like, obviously weird time in my life, 2018, we talked, we talk a lot about that like era of my like post-college slump, but also like I was, I was as just like no name developing like a serious political consciousness around 2018. Um, so I too love that, that line that you just quoted but uh mm-hmm. just like i can close my eyes and listen to room 25 and like see a bunch of people in a room like throwing down over these lyrics like getting excited. Like, oh oh here we go and like these beats are so fast and so cool uh even mm-hmm. like you jump right into black exploitation and you hear that like a bum bum bound bum bum bound and you're like whoa this is no name like what are you doing this is such a different flow but your voice is the same and it's so sharp and it it hits so much better uh, for me. Uh, I love I love albums that like try different weird things. I, I've talked about that. Like, we talked about that on the uh, like on the Metric Patreon show um, about like mm-hmm. when they switched from rock to more pop stuff. They did it well because they very firmly said like we're we're doing a different thing. We're not doing we're doing a fusion, but we're we're putting our own spin on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think this is a different genre than Telephone, really. Uh, but it is just such a just such a cool record. Uh, yeah, favorite track. Um, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. I gotta figure that out. Um, I can I can offer mine. Uh, get yeah. the juices flowing, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I would say my favorite out, al- my favorite song on this album, the one that's in my playlist that I listen to the most, is actually Ace. Uh, okay. I mean, like Ace gets stuck in my head randomly just because it's got one of the coolest flows and that hum, like. <laughs> speaking of last week when kid cuddy was on hot ones sean asked him like you know people say that their lives were changed by the sound of you humming your with your mouth like that how do you do that what's your secret and the humming at the beginning of ace that kind of goes around <laughs> it is like life-changing uh, <laughs> and it's my favorite fe- features it's no name smino and saba it's just it's only the people i like it's on an all killer no filler song uh-huh. it's fine. beautiful live because everyone goes fuck is you saying at the same time and it's just Oh, that's that song. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she made it clap, 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 clippity, clap, clap out in Clapton is still one of those lines that like, <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything, <laughs> but it's fun to say. <sighs> I don't even know what the song that's is about really lyrically, funny. to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> but it just makes me grin and it's memorable. And uh, yeah, this is the stuff that I come to know name for. It's like, holy shit, that is an incredible production that you made there. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ace is my number one with a gun. Yeah. Um, I think mine is probably Window. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And right, jumping yeah, out the, the window. <laughs> yeah. It's like eerie um, in a cool way. Yeah. So if genius is to be believed, this song is an account of no name losing her virginity at the age of 25, according yeah. to genius.com. Um, and you know, I think it's an example of what we were talking about as a strength of telephone is that it's personal without being specific. And I think mm -hmm. room 25 gets into more personal storytelling. And this is a great example of how no name does that in a way that preserves the kind of like poetic quality of telephone but like tells a very specific anecdotal story. We can tell that it's about a specific relationship. Um, and uh, she's also injecting that kind of edge that this, this album has. Um, I don't know why, but I love the lines. This song ain't even about you, Daffy Duck. This song is going to make me fuck your daddy. Like, <laughs> the, like fuck you energy of that pair of lines is, yeah. is powerful um yeah and the multi-layered references that's that's another one of her biggest lyrical strengths is making references that uh -huh. don't feel flashy or like she's being braggato it's just like yeah this song ain't even about you there's reference one daffy duck reference two laffy taffy reference three like she's just like knocking them out and like uh -huh. it's almost like this album uh is like intentionally difficult to do, to um annotate on genius because I, there's hmm. so many like and there that that part's not even annotated on the genius page from what I'm seeing. So like uh -huh. <laughs> someone was just like whatever, you guys know what these things are. It's not that big of a deal. And it sounds good. Like this is again that poetry skill where sound and flow matters just as much as lyrics. Uh -huh. Um but like you said earlier, she's talking about colonialism. She's talking about the state. She's talking about the police. Uh, uh -huh. Talking about her grandmother telling her the last thing she remembers being told. It's like, don't trust the police, you know, don't and don't like talk back to them. Things that uh -huh. girls like no name are being people like no name are being told every day. And it's like really sad and really right. fucked up. And we're, we're thinking about it more. Uh, right. And like very ahead of her time, too. I believe I think it's on self. I forget which um, song of this album she briefly talks about. She mentions like. Uh, be careful who like of meeting your heroes be careful who you trust including people like kanye west like she name drops kanye west in there mm -hmm. and i was like yeah because wow. on telephone she she has a positive ref i think she's like i stand in front of a college dropout is one of the yeah. songs like i think she still kind of has this image of him in telephone of like this is a chicago music icon role model guy and then yeah in room 25 it's like yeah <laughs> Really nope. questioning every God, religion, Kanye, B-words. Like, it, yeah. you know? And that was only because, yeah. like, I Am a God had come out. And that's, like, she's, like, she knew. <laughs> and that's sad. <laughs> like, people from Chicago idolized Kanye. People across the world idolized Kanye West. And this album is very much confronting, like, oh, shit, you can't. Those things that I talked about in Telephone, the, like, positive things, like, there is a they, a lot of them are tarnished, you know. A lot of the things that she associates right. with her childhood and with her growing up and, and coming up in Chicago are are tainted. And like now she's become mm -hmm. an adult who understands that, but still finds love and community. Community has always, like I said, been such a big part of No Name's work with the mm -hmm. features and with the talk about friends and family. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I love that stuff, you know. Manages mm -hmm. to still be self aware too, joking about how people say No Name can't rap; she can only talk quickly over or only do poetry that's what people say about telephone in a critical way and that's why in self she says and y'all thought a, a b couldn't rap 
Okay. She's like, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna flex on. Also, yeah, makes yeah. No sense. It that critique completely ignores what rap is like the history of rap music. Yeah. No. Oh my God. I, okay. Yeah. Whatever. People will look for any excuse to put down uh, people of color, black women. It's whatever you want. They will look for excuses. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i not going to do that, though. I have more good things to say about Room 25. Uh, Window is beautiful. Also a very memorable song. I always yeah. forget. Co- oh, coincidentally, I always forget about Don't Forget About Me. And then it hits, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is a really nice I really song. Like, I really like that one, yeah. Yeah, I pray my soul I, is still eternal and my mama don't forget about me. Yeah, I pray my granny don't forget about me too. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, my body is. Fragile. I also love the line, "Somebody hit D'Angelo." I think I need him on this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one I always forget. The middle of this album, I always like kind of forget, and then Montego Bay comes up, and I go, "Oh shoot, okay." Um, mm-hmm. part of me towards the end, actually. Uh, that's the one that's like, <laughs> that's my attempt to make an impression of it of a song. It's that like little rise. The part of me. I don't think that's her. I think that's one of the. Fe- I think that's. Uh, yeah, that's Benjamin uh, Earl Turner. Felix. Oh, Felix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That high note. You don't hear that on No Names albums usually. She doesn't go. This is like an interesting thing. She has like a lower register for like uh-huh. female rappers, but she has men come on to do the higher registers, which is just <laughs> just makes me happy. <laughs> I think that's a really beautiful chorus. And then I, you know, if I, although this is my favorite, I think the last like couple tracks, I'm just like, oh, we're slowing down. It really like mm-hmm. hits starts so strong, hits a peak right around the middle. And then by the end, you're kind of like, oh, I'm just vibing. I'm vibing. And then the album's over. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think about With You or No Name that often, although I think they're yeah. they're solid. They're not bad songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, other notes about Room 25. What do you got? Um, there were some moments, I think on window, especially where she's interpolating lyrics from telephone. And then there was also the reemergence of saying everything is everything. I think there's like a riff on everything is everything on window. Um, but just those kinds of connections between songs were, were really cool. Um, and I think there's more to be dissected and unpacked there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, we didn't talk about prayer song, but she experiments with like perspective shifting yeah. in prayer song. Um, she takes on the perspective in the second verse of a corrupt white policeman, um, which is like a really chilling verse, um, to listen to. And she has yeah. this like affect that she takes on. That's pretty creepy and I think well done. Um, it's not something she does a lot um, in Sundial, which we'll talk about. There's a little more like sarcasm and the sort of tongue in cheek thing. Um, but I don't know that she does a lot of full on like character stuff except here. Um, but I thought she did it well. Um, I think those were the big other ones that I had. Yeah. And she starts to, like I mentioned how this is like the beginning of No Name being very political in her rap music. And for 2018, this was like really political. But nowadays I read like, you know, America the Great, Grateful Dead in Life, Apple High on Sunday Morning, Obesity and Heart Disease. Can you hear the Freedom Bells? And you're like, that's clever. But like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the most clever thing I've ever heard. Like Obesity and Heart sure. Disease. Yeah, they're going to come. It's like well delivered. And it's smart. And that's actually, I think that's Adam Ness on that part. But like, this starts to get into an issue of like, wh- what does No Name choose to include with the other verses on her work? Mm. Like, what are, what are what are other people rapping about? Because 
even though all of these songs that have features feel like they're cohesive, there still is a sense that like, okay, Adam Ness, it's your turn. Rap about whatever you want. This song is called Prayer Song. You can want to, we're talking about America and what it's like for like cops and for black people here. What do you have to say? Mm. And he says, <laughs> obesity and heart disease. Can you hear the freedom bells? And you're like, okay, that was, that was a little sharp, I guess. Mm. Um, but then, you know, Room 25 comes out. The world is shooketh, as the people like to say. I go to, the, I go to that concert. I have a great time. No Name Goes Dark. Mm. She starts tweeting a lot. She gets becomes very online for a while, and then she leaves social media for a while. She's burnt out. And a problem that she starts talking a lot about right before launching the No Name Book Club is this classic issue that a lot of like self-conscious rappers have, which is the dissonance between their work and their fan base. Um, mm. And this is mm-hmm. where if, if No Name was here, she would be turning her chair to stare at you and me doing this podcast about her work. Because she starts to get really frustrated that the majority of her fan base seems to be white people who like to feel good that they listen to like a black woman rapping. And she's like, Mm -hmm. that is you are not the people I ever made this music for. And, you know, as a poet, you can be very much more specific about your audience. Like who can who gets this? Who who does this resonate with? But your music, you kind of are letting it free. Uh, You don't get to control necessarily who gets into your music. You try to, but it's hard. And so room 25 was definitely the like album that my like white friends listened to and felt good about including mm-hmm. us here you know uh right. so partly as a result of that and partly just like stress and other life things and then obviously the book club no name goes on hiatus a couple years go by two years three years four years the book club's going fine she's not really doing interviews anymore either or like features and you're like mm-hmm. oh i guess no name's done she had the two album run and she doesn't want to she literally would say like i'm never putting out another album and then there are some singles here and there, right? Oh like, yeah, I think there were a couple. There were a handful, uh, like maybe one a year or something like that. Yeah, like ra- yeah, Rainforest came out in like two years ago. I remember liking. Rainforest yeah, and right there was bit. like song thirty one, thirty two, and thirty three. I remember like true. Those. Yeah. Um. So she's still in music, right? And but just no album, and you're yeah, like, I'm but, probably never right. getting another album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do not i don't think she did much promotion for it at all but then sundial just dropped on this past friday and kind of existed and you're like whoa no that's a whole album Mm -hmm. with a thesis like a beginning a middle and an end it's like full length we got all the features again and so here we are talking about Mm -hmm. the latest no name album sundial uh it's so new that i've only been able to listen to it all the way through twice um same majon what did you think about sundial overall um yeah, I mean, first, I, I want to acknowledge what you said there, which is that, uh, you know, at least speaking for myself, uh, I am a white person and uh, it doesn't feel like <laughs> this is for me. Uh, like, it feels like No Name would probably say that, um, or at least she's had frustrations about, like you said, the composition of her live shows or her fan base. And I totally understand where that's coming from. So um, I'm sort of offering my opinions here just like as someone who enjoys her music and you can sort of take or leave the things that I have to say about it, um, given like the artist's intentions and desires with how people engage with the the music. Um, But anyway, uh, I really like Sundial. I think it's great. Um, I think it is a sort of continuation of what I was describing about telephone, which is like no names ability to present and hold multiple truths that are in tension with one another 
and like give those truths their due. And I don't mean that in a sort of like hollow both sides kind of way that we often have these sort of political conversations where we hold up the truth against like a popular lie. I mean, like No Name is presenting multiple valid critiques or interpretations of different situations or issues in this album. Um, but this time, instead of the telephone thing where it's this kind of like personal story about, you know, my own identity as a creator, my family, where I grew up, instead it's like turning that poetic ability fully and completely towards societal issues, towards race, towards what it means to be an artist in a capitalist society. Um, and so there are multiple moments here that I think really strikingly present complex realities that do not have a clear resolution, um, in a way that I found really compelling. So I like Sundial a lot. I don't, what did you think about it? I also really liked it. I think the no name, and I absolutely don't want to use to say any of this in a like gendered or sexist way, but I think that she has just become very like hypersensitive to the way people perceive her. Like everyone does as an adult. I don't even, I don't really think that's a gender thing. I think that she's become sensitive in a like thoughtful way, you know, now outwardly mm. identifying as a socialist and acknowledging that she's like made a significant amount of money on her last couple albums. Sendile feels like this sort of like paying the piper of like, okay, we have to talk about a couple of things. We got to catch like when you when you meet up with an old friend who you've seen on social media is po mm. posting like, you know, fuck the police and all this stuff. And then you're like, hey, what do you actually think about this stuff? Like, what's your ideology? And they're like, well, here's what I think. That's what Sendile mm. felt like to me was a person who is like kind of finally figuring out what they believe about black culture, about like capitalist, mm -hmm. you know, black capitalism, all that stuff. And what being a socialist actually means in 2023. And mm -hmm. she manages to do it in a way that's critical of others, but is also definitely self-critical, uh, which I yeah. think is a, a sharp way to avoid the criticism of like, okay, well, you clearly just hate everyone. You must just be angry. And she's like, no, right. I'm also a part of the problem. I'm just putting words to the problem, though, which I, yeah. I really appreciate it. I think that was like, this is the strongest album lyrically for me, I think. Yeah, I, I would I would say that's probably true. Yeah, I think what it sounds like she's grappling with on this album is when you become a public facing leftist, suddenly you have to like answer for and fend off all of these different critiques of your leftism. Um, mm -hmm. And I think she handles some of those critiques well um in this album and then there's also kind of a recent controversy that hit <laughs> uh today that i think she's not handling quite as well and she's handling yeah. in like a really confusing way um but just as an example um in the song um is it which one's the one where she's talking about the jay-z and the nfl and she names all the different artists oh. who played at the super bowl <sighs> I can find it for you, but continue your point and I'll, I'll tell you what song it was. Um, there's a song on the album where she's talking about, um, she basically is like, I don't, I don't fuck with the NFL or Jay-Z cause Jay-Z like, uh, and rock nation signed some big deal with the NFL. Um, and then she calls out Beyonce and Kendrick and Rihanna, like all these different people who've done the Super Bowl halftime show in the aftermath of, um, the Colin Kaepernick stuff and just like the NFL's ongoing um, bad relationship with like racial justice. 
And No Name does a good job, like you were describing, of issuing that critique and then also saying like, hey, I said I wasn't going to play for like predominantly white audiences anymore, but I went and did Coachella and yeah. like I get that. And also I collected that check. I needed the money. <laughs> to, yeah. So like that's why I did that. And I think that that's a line or that's like a, you know, a response to, oh, but you said you wouldn't or like, oh, but aren't you a leftist? And it's like, yeah, but I've yeah. got to live in this within the confines of this society. So I'm going to there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. There's no ethical like creation fame under capitalism, really. Yeah. Uh, so like I'm going to make mistakes in the process of doing things. Um, so it's really it's really interesting to hear her wrestle with that over the course of Sundial. Um, that, I think my sorry, favorite song on the album. Up. Yeah, go ahead. It's Namesake is the one that's, you know, Rihanna, Beyonce, Namesake. Kendrick. Yeah, got it. My favorite song on the album, I think, is Hold Me Down. Um, yeah. I really like the production on Hold Me Down. And it has a similar thing that it's navigating um, where she's doing this tongue in cheek, sarcastic thing. Um, it's kind of a message to the black community of like, look, we could either speak about issues of racial and economic justice as like something that's happening to us and say things like, oh, well, that wasn't us. That was colonialism. But then she has this line, the first black president, and he was the one who bombed us. And then she has another line where she's like, we would be better off if we acknowledge that like we can hurt people, too, that like we're right. part of the problem, that I I'm problematic, that I do things that I should like do differently. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that theme is like a really tough needle to thread. Um, and I think she does it extremely well on Sundial, barring the one recent upsetting thing that we can talk about when it's time to talk about it. Yeah. My other thing about hold me down is like, that is a really strong song lyrically and it's full of mm -hmm. the choir, the voices of creation choir. And mm. No Name has been incorporating like religious ideas and choir music, uh, choir singing since Telephone, but she never really talks about God. And I kind of mm. came to this realization in my notes that like something I like as an adult who knows how, who kind of knows how to appreciate art and media is like I don't like I said earlier I don't know No Name, and if she never mm -hmm. ever raps about her faith, there is no assumption I can make about what that what she feels about Christianity. Mm -hmm or about choir, or about gospel, or any of that stuff. I feel a kinship with somebody who appreciates that stuff as someone who also does, but mm -hmm. it's just there, you know? And that's, like, the cool thing about her work is, like, if you don't say it, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's, like, not... She's, like, deleted a lot of her social media, too. She's not right out here writing a book, to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's only in the, in the music that you get to know No Name, and that's... I mean, she goes by No Name. Same thing. Like, you only know me as the music that I put out, and you don't know the person behind it even even now mm -hmm. this third album that is like as personal as it gets and as specific with who it name drops it's still like oh you're just doing what you want to do and we can make whatever assumptions we want uh -huh. um but like you said um it's interesting that hold me down comes right before the third track on this album balloons which uh was teased before the album came out and received some flack right when she announced it because it, it's got a rap feature from jay electronica who is a controversial figure in the rap industry because 
number one, he's a member of the Nation of Islam, which by some has been identified as a hate group. I have no thoughts on that. I am not the person to speak on that. He also has made some like very questionable comments that are pretty anti-Semitic multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And there is a lot of historical basis, like tension, you know, Nation of Islam people and anti-Semitism. You know, it's way too beyond the scope of this podcast. But JL Electronica, complicated figure who also happens to like rap about stuff and like name name drop like famous Jewish celebrities and like rich people in his verse mm-hmm. in ways mm-hmm. that some people have argued are definitely anti-Semitic. Uh, I think let me let me pull up the lyrics just to like talk about this as an, you know. Yeah. So he talks about the the Rothschilds. He talks about um, the uh, Zelensky. A joke uh, like Zelensky. A joke like Zelensky. He has this really weird line where he says, everywhere I step foot, I leave a trail of names of the sons of Yacoub, which is uh, the Hebrew name for Jacob. So it's just like, what the fuck are in a trail of flames is the next part of that line. Um, These, I don't even know, these infidels killed my mom. It's all at war. Like, it's like, what are you? talking about man so okay um yeah my my thoughts the my thoughts right now are this uh no name has always been pretty smart about assuming well she's in this album especially is like hey you guys are adults you i want you to understand that being a musician doesn't mean i'm rich so like i can still rap about capitalism and socialism and uh-huh. that doesn't mean that i'm i am a part of it but i'm also not a rich person i'm not in the elite that i'm like criticizing uh, Jay Electronica kind of can't do that as much, but, uh, you know, what no name could have done is just be like, Hey, this verse is like pretty rough. I understand why some people are offended by it. She took the slur yeah. out of her name from her first album. She's done stuff like this where she backs off right. from certain parts of her identity, you know, and, and changes things. Yeah. But instead it seems like from what I've read that she decided to dig her heels in a little bit and say, I don't, you know, decide what, what, what did yeah. you have the quote up by any chance? Well, so there were like two phases of digging her heels in because the first was when this was teased and people were like upset that Jayla Electronica was featured on the album at all. And then there was um, something where she was basically like, oh, well, other rappers rap about like murder and sexual assaults that they've committed in real life. And you're upset about this. Like it's not, it's not that big of a deal was kind of her response to that initial backlash, um, which within that is is a truth of like there is a, this weird range of topics that are like OK in mainstream rap, but that doesn't justify other things. Um, yeah. So that was already a strange uh, out of character defense it felt like and then her response when the actual verse came out and this was from earlier today i believe um is she wrote here's the truth no i'm not anti-semitic i don't hate groups of people i'm against white supremacy which is a global system that privileges people who identify as white i've been clear about this for years i'm not going to apologize for a verse i didn't write i'm not going to apologize for including it on my album if you feel i'm wrong for including that's fair don't listen unfollow and support all the other amazing rappers putting out dope music your disappointment truly means absolutely nothing to me and i say that with love which is just like really confusing to me like Mm -hmm. why is that the response um i don't i don't get it and it bums me out um that she's like "Ah, i don't really care 
Um, yeah, there were better yeah. ways to respond to that. And like, this is where I get to back 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 to like, no name can be kind of hypersensitive of her fan base, not in a positive or negative way, but just a like a value neutral way. She like deletes her social media all the time, and it's like you just put out a new album. There's an expectation that you're gonna like be around to talk about it and be part of the conversation. And I absolutely respect your you know right to step away from that. But like, when your last statement is like. Ah, I'm not really sorry. It's not my line. You know, I put him on the album and I'm not going to delete it. It's like, can you like talk to me? It's like the equivalent of being like, hey, you just said something kind of offensive. And the other person's like, no. And they close the door on you and don't talk to you anymore. Like, yeah, this is a live conversation that you can have. And that's like that's a part of album promotion is like people think this. I didn't intend for this. I would like to talk about. And and we've. We've obviously had, like, we have our community. We talk about stuff that we say that people don't like, and we work on it, and we evolve because we're human beings. I'm not here to cancel No Name. I'm honestly, personally, not even here to cancel Jay Electronica. I think he is trying to be controversial and, like, really brash here. And definitely some of this stuff can 100% be read as anti-Semitic. 1,000%. But it's it's just complicated. And that's, like, what Sundial is about. And it sucks that it's also turned into an actual controversy. It's like politics are complicated and what people say matters. We live in a society where every your all of your words are being criticized really like to the T. Um, mm-hmm. But I think stuff like this could have been handled in a PR way so much better. And it's, it's happened more than once with no name to the point where I'm like, it sounds yeah. like you might just not want to be in the public eye anymore. And I, yeah, which that. is fine. Like I, I don't have any expectation of her of like, you need to be public facing in in any way um i think what she's named like when she initially went on hiatus is basically she's fully independent like she produces and puts out these albums herself and so it's like a financial undertaking to create and put music out there into the world and like part of the reason that there was such a big gap between room 25 and sundial is like a major way that as an artist, you subsidize that is through touring. And she became very disillusioned with her experience touring. So like that makes complete sense to me. I think where this bothers me is this is an album where she goes through her entire thought process very transparently, like within the context of sundial it's weird that she would have this kind of reaction to this controversy because sundial is an album. That's like, I'm going to lay out all my cards on the table. Like, Hey, I make mistakes. I do things that I don't feel good about, but I need to, for the sake of like, you know, having something to eat or like living the way that I need to live or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Either you were not aware of Jay Electronica's reputation. I I wasn't aware until earlier today when I was looking mm-hmm. this stuff up, but then you became aware. So then either you aren't bothered by the things he said or you are bothered by them, but he's like a name that's bringing streams and recognition to the album. And it's a similar kind of like we live in a society kind of decision. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, then just say that like Sundial is kind of about being able to say that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just, my takeaway is I'm confused. I'm not prescribing any particular action to her. Um, but it's just like, that was a weird choice and it bump really bums me out. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Cause the verse is fucked. <laughs> 
just it straight is, up. Yeah, it, most readings of it are not generous, uh, especially with Jay Electronica's history, literally history with the Rothschild family. Like, it just feels, you know, we talked like a couple of minutes ago about like, how personal can you be, right? That's like the sign of good rap music. And sometimes mm. I'm like, oh, I don't think I actually wanted you to talk about that. I didn't need your statement on how you, quote, like cut the Rothschild family in half by like engaging in an affair with one of them. Like that's not a thing yeah. you should have mentioned. <laughs> Congrats, I don't need to man. know what Jay Lakshanaka <laughs> thinks about Vladimir Zelensky. You know, that's fine. I know. Yeah. And this is the thing. And this is what sucks, man. My last thing about this, and I would like to talk about the rest of the album, but like mm-hmm. all of these things can be read either way. This is like the world we live in is people are going to defend him because they're like, it's not explicit enough. He doesn't say like, I'm anti-Semitic. He just says Vladimir Zelensky's a joke. And it's like, well, what matters is that we don't, you know, disenfranchise people who think that that's anti-Semitic. Like, listen mm-hmm. to people who say that. If they think that, totally valid. I get it. I understand why you think that. But not everybody thinks that. And that's where the the fighting happens. Um, yeah. And it's just fucking, it's weird and frustrating and, and complicated the way yeah. that Sundial is, right? The way that, that, like, any interesting art is. Yeah. Um, but it's a bummer in the, the way that it's be, it definitely we can agree the way it's being handled is is not awesome. And it's such a bummer, too, because like Aaron yeah. Allen Kane is on that that song, too. You just mentioned. I know. Her, like, I love Aaron Allen Kane. Yeah. I was excited to see her on this. Yeah. And she's great on it. And No Names Verses are great on that track. And I yes. think she does a great job of describing the exact experience we were talking about where she's like ah, all these casual white fans who are voyeuristic about my music and like, are they what do they want to hear from me? Do they actually care or are they just like consuming what I have to put out there? Like, am I just selling my trauma in exchange for money? Like those are really important themes of the album. And it's a bummer that this is, I don't know, kind of overshadowing that on the, on the track. So, yeah. We bounce back with, um, I think my favorite song on the album, which is boom, boom featuring Aoni or Aoni. It's just so infectious. She has such a beautiful voice. Uh, she's got the range. She's doing all sorts of cool stuff. It's fun. It's it's all over. Um, mm-hmm. What is your favorite song on on Sundial, by the way? Um, uh, Hold me down. I said it earlier. Hold me down. Oh, you did. But I'm sorry. The one thing I didn't. The one thing I didn't say about Hold Me Down that I like is again, you know, if the thing I'm hammering is uh, No Name's ability to kind of hold dual meanings. That dual yeah. meaning of Hold Me Down, which is like anchor me but also like oppressed me um right that that was pretty a pretty clever um phrase to use in the chorus for that one mm-hmm. um i also really like oblivion at the end i think commons verse is great um <laughs> common famously is either like the corniest cool guy or the coolest corny guy and i don't exactly know which one he is but only common could say uh could rhyme metaverse with ghetto hurts and i'd be like and you're like yeah 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 you're yeah you got it did you come up with metaphysics for the metaverse uh thank you i came up with it in the shower i think um he says my metaphysics aim for the metaverse it's red alerts i touch where the ghetto hurts um yeah you do yes that's what a good turn of phrase that only common could say (laughs) exactly yeah He's been around so long that putting him on the last song of your album is such a fucking flex. Like, yeah, we got Colin a comment on here and he's rapping about the metaverse. Like, what? That's so good. That's so yeah. cool. And he is corny. I've, I I had a phase uh, with Common where I was like listening to, uh, is it Go? 
uh, that album a yeah. lot or b b rather sorry uh b, and yeah. from water to chocolate is my favorite or like water from chocolate is just like i love common work yeah yeah uh you know what i like is cocaine 80s which is a very very underappreciated project that common did with uh oh my god james fontaroy and what's the girl's name Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I can't remember what her, who it was. Uh, no ID, and then the lady's name. Oh, I just had it on the front of my Janae Aiko. So Janae Aiko, mm-hmm. No ID, Common, and uh, and James Fontroy did this like group in 2011. They just kind of like put out like a mixtape or two, and that's like my favorite mm-hmm. Common stuff without a doubt. I still listen to songs from Cocaine 80s all the time, but that's more of mm-hmm. an if you know you know Common fandom thing. Oh, cool. uh, neither here nor there. But yeah, I think that last that last single is or that last song on this album is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think that this one has a couple of like not memorable tracks, to be honest with you. Even on my second listen, I didn't get anything out of Afrofuturism. I think Afrofuturism mm. as a concept is awesome, and I love reading about it and learning about it. But the song itself is two minutes long and has a thirty second like voice memo at the end of it, and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this about, actually? Uh, mm-hmm. It does have the line, this verse could wrong one three-fifths a human, referring to the three-fifths compromise. That's pretty much a bar. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, that, so that one didn't hit me. And then uh, mm-hmm. Beauty Supply. Speaking of being self-critical, you know, uh-huh. I still take care of my appearance. I still, And that ties back into the album, the album art, a sort of like stylized, un, quote-unquote, unattractive version of No Name. Like, well, this is like mm-hmm. what I am. I'm being my my honest, truest self to you. And then Beauty Supply is like, yeah, and I'm also like, somebody who cares about my appearance a little bit and i am i'm part of like a a, blue, a beauty standard for women mm-hmm. we need the standard or five man if i'm crying cry take a trip with me to the beauty supply uh it's pretty yeah, kind of sh- quite sharp quite sharp i would say um any other thoughts on sundial magellan there's this line from uh silk money's um feature on gospel where he says i'm not gonna lie i'm not surprised to hear the fuji's is fbi um i went on such a deep rabbit hole googling that (laughs) yeah that's that's a line right there and like when was this recorded Um, because didn't that come out in april that one of the members of fuji's was like an fbi that's wild yeah anything else but um um I don't remember the context, but there's a line on Oblivion where No Name says, "You sound like cat piss on popcorn." Yeah, put that down. Um, yeah, that's strong. That's the last note I had. I I really like Sundial. Um, I think it's Me too. it's one that I'm gonna return to and continue to unravel because there's a lot here. There's a lot of kind of unresolved themes and difficult themes and challenging questions to be examined. Um, and I am glad that No Name came back to releasing albums to share with the world. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're a lot. I, I want people to be able to put out messy, somewhat messy, but interesting and memorable art. I think that's awesome. Yeah, even if I have my problems with it, I think Sundial is important. Uh, that mm-hmm. line, by the way, the context is unfortunate because it's No Name complaining about the haters. Easily offended. I need a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Opinionated Atari N words play too much. I'm that bee. You sound like cat piss on popcorn. Eat the popcorn. This is Tubi, N-word. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> Eat the popcorn. Eat the popcorn. This is Tubi. Tubi, like the fucking streaming <laughs> service. Like, come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. It's fun to end on a, on a song where you're just like, you know what? You're going to be mad about this. I don't care. And while I am bummed out by her response to the JLR Toronto stuff, I respect her ability to put this out and her the fact that she put this out. Yeah. So 
Oblivion. Can you can you do me a favor? Can you rank these best or worst for yourself? In your personal preference. There's no way um, to stick music. It's like not fair to include Telephone with the three because it's just like so. It matters a lot. It's just one of those albums that like I love it too much to to answer that question. So I guess that's number one. And then I end up wanting to sit with Sundial more than Room 25, I think. So that's like my ranking. But ranking doesn't really feel uh, necessary here because each of the yeah. three is doing something that's that's distinct. Um, yeah, you're right. And it's showing different sides of, of No Name. Well, what's your what's your arrangement of them? You know, when I'm thinking about it, I'm th- I have the same thought where I'm like, for me, it's Room 25, Telephone, Sundial. But I agree. Like, you know, the way I read books right now to keep myself engaged is I alternate fiction and nonfiction because fiction is a little bit more fun. Nonfiction gets my mm-hmm. brain going a little more. In that metaphor, uh, Room 25 and Telephone are fiction <laughs> and Sundial <laughs> is nonfiction in that it's enriching for me to think about this album and to re-listen to it right. and to talk about it. Right. But I'm not like excited to listen to it. I will think about the songs from Room 25 forever. They're just so bur- they're bur- bur- buried in my head. And uh mm. but yeah, I think Sundial's great. I think it's really cool that she came back and did a cool thing. Yeah, agreed. That was our attempt at music music criticism, folks. I hope that was fun for you as much as it was for us. <laughs> it's hard, yeah, especially when that. again you're, especially when you're again a white guy and a white passing Arab guy, uh, <laughs> trying to talk about art about how much we suck. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, or at least yeah about experiences that we don't aren't meant to uh, access in this way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Chats in a Pickle. Next time, I can let you know it's my pick. Um, And I wanted to do something that gets us thinking about something else that is a recent release. So we're going to go from the world of music to the world of video games. Baldur's Gate 3 recently came out. um, Or, I mean, it was, you know, whatever it is that games do now, where it's like early access forever. But now it's out, for real. Um, So, you know, that's out. And Editor Alan here. I'm going to talk right over those kids and tell you... Everything Magellan's saying right now is false. Uh, no, honestly, though, uh, we tried setting up our Baldur's Gate 2 saves to load those, as he mentions here. Um, and the Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition doesn't keep your saves. Uh, it didn't have cloud saves when we played it. So our saves are, su- are super duper gone. And we're really bummed because they were cute and they had funny nut titles. This was like the Buffy Chats era, so they're kind of cringy. Um, but no, Magellan's pickle for next week is Baldur's Gate 3. We are both playing um, the newly released, out of early access, so Baldur's Gate 3. We're going to talk about Asterion and Dungeons and Dragons and a, pro- a little bit of KOTOR probably. It'll be great. It'll be so fun. And Editor Allen is gone now. Bye. Um, so if you have any opinions out there about the Baldur's Gate series that you want to send in and have us read, uh, please do that. And we're going to chat just about the experience of dropping into Baldur's Gate 2 for a little bit. No, and you're not. If we happen to play Baldur's Gate 3, we might talk about that as well. That's, that's all we're talking about. Our next, um, our next episode pickle. of the season. Yes. That was so, that was so rewarding. Like my pick. Before. Pickle. My pick. Oh. Mm. That was very rewarding when, one of, when I think it was Omens was like, we don't have to say pickle, guys. You can just, it's not... It like it's not don't make fetch happen and then everyone else was like no wait i like pick on i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah
it is corny. We know it's corny. That's why we do it. That's our yeah. brand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, by the way, Majal, I did just find out how to load our old saves. Uh, so no, we you should didn't. be good. I'll, no, I'll we're not good. That after the <laughs> Perfect. Can't wait to check in on Minsk, the guy no. with the hamster. You will not do that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. I've been downloading Baldur's Gate 3 for this entire podcast. That's why we've been having lag issues, is I'm downloading Baldur's Gate 3 over here. <laughs> wow, I just paused it. We have no lag anymore. Um, uh-huh. Amazing. Anyways, uh, let us know what you thought about our discussion of No Name. Do you have a favorite album of hers, a favorite song, a favorite verse? Um, why did I say verse like that? Verse? <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know where to get at us. Let's get let's take to the plug zone. Let's just do a traditional ass chats chats a podcast plug zone. Yeah? Okay. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Uh I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try and start. I'm gonna do it from memory. Here we go while I pull up the document. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, our email address is chatspod at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at chatspod. Uh we are on blue sky chatspod.bsky slash dot social uh we're on youtube chats television podcast where you can watch the video version of last week's hot ones interview which definitely enhances that experience uh if you like the podcast rate us on apple Podcasts or spotify please uh i always include a link to the entertainment fund if you want to support the people who need help during the wga and sag strikes uh and those are the main things uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash chats pod yes that is where you can hear bonus episodes, including our coverage of the discographies of Metric and Bare Naked Ladies from a couple years back over on Chats Nights, uh, which is one of the shows that we do with listener feedback, uh, which also includes our Chats Discord, which we reference often, and you would have access to if you're a patron or if you ask us nicely. Um, that can all be accessed at patreon.com slash chatspod. Uh, yeah, and the last thing there is that if you donate at $5 a month or more, you get thanked at the end of every main feed ep. And as of today, our main feed um our main feed our five dollar patrons include stefan six noel nick and pat of the brothers at infinite war magellan's mom michael may louise marcus lee cat justin jen emrys and arthur thank you all for being supporters of the show all things chats can be found at chatspod.com our main feed art was done by camilla her social media handles are all at camillastrator and before we take it home I know that these are, we're, we're still in a pickle, but we got to recommend some chatsums. These are little tiny, quick, just recommendations of, of things that we've been enjoying, things that we want to talk about, and things that we want to give our, our shout outs to. So Magellan, I want you to go first, please. What is or are your chatsums for this week? My chatsum for this week, I alluded to it earlier, but you should really check out the music of Erin Allen Kane. Um, she's an amazing singer. She has an album called A Tree Planted by Water. Um, It's seven songs, 18 minutes long. Um, So, you know, it's a quick listen, but it's a a wonderful one. My favorite song on there is called Feel the Need. Um, It's it's quite a jam. And then I'd also recommend checking out uh, Aviary Act 1 and Aviary Act 2, um, which are EPs. My favorite songs off of those are Slipping off of Aviary Act 1 and now and then off of aviary act two uh so those are my aaron allen kane recommendations she also recently put out a single with killer mike called motherless that's pretty good whoa so if you like killer mike um and i think they even put out an ep together it looks like um so yeah check out aaron allen kane what about you What's your chatsome? Uh, I just had a really good chatsome and I completely forgot it. Uh, the other chatsome I was going to recommend is just 
Brian Jordan Alvarez is a comedian who's been posting on YouTube for like over 10 years. And he's been recently blowing up on social media for this character he does of the student, which is basically him doing a funny voice. And he puts on a really bad Snapchat Afro filter. <laughs> and uh-huh. it, you can just look up Brian Jordan Alvarez, the student, and you'll find these. It's my it's a great it's a the compilation mm-hmm. on YouTube is 21 minutes long. So this is like a thing you can dive into if yeah. you want to understand my humor it's that uh pretty much to a t uh oh i have my my other chats is game related um we're now we just, a couple before of, you before yeah. you do that we just yesterday put out a chats nights episode where oh. the intro music fades in with us laughing at something it's that but it's not explicit what we were watching it's that video so you can check it out perfect um, if you're like what were they wa- what were they laughing at at the beginning of chats nights <laughs> We're watching Brian Jordan Alvarez doing the student character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're a couple weeks out from this, but Evo Evolution 2023 just ended recently. Um, this is a annual fighting game tournament. Uh, it's like the biggest fighting game tournament out there. Uh, and I watched a bunch of it with my friends last weekend. And it just the Street Fighter 6 tournament across the board was thrilling. It had some of the best fighting game matches I've ever seen. Uh, even if you don't care about fighting games. And people say this every year. You know, Evo's been going on for over a decade. There's, like, narrative arcs that just naturally form in the way that they don't even form during, like, regular sports seasons sometimes. You know, you're a basketball guy. You know how, like, sometimes over the course of a season, a team can have a sort of narrative about, like, their underdog story or whatever. That happens, like, every year at Evo. And this 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 latest year, uh, with the, the two people who ended up being in the finals, uh, like, had these matches that were, like, way earlier, like, three days earlier in pools, which is, like, the, you know setting the bracket games and that were like so amazing and you're like i hope they go to the finals and they make it all the way to the finals and the ending is incredible and you're like this can't how this is not scripted are you sure i was popping off and it's all on youtube just look up evo 2023 street fighter 6 it's just fighting games at their finest i wish 6 was here to pop off with me uh because they've they've been a really big help getting me into like fighting games as a spectator sport in addition to a game series type that i play but um, yeah, definitely check those out if you want to just like get excited about something. They're, they're great. And that's all we have, folks. So um, thank you to Magellan for being the um, friend that helps me open the pickle jar when I'm really hungry. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to Chats in a Pickle. Peace.